WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Here we go, now holla if you hear me though, it's the Rich Keith Show. Here we go, you're now rocking with the Rich Keith Show on your radio. You're about to the chronicles from a topical, comical, and knowledgeable. Boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports. And he's also a hashtag dork And a father of two sweet daughters The leader of your squad for you evening marauders And night commuters Tune in and sit tight Six to ten, more like six to midnight Ow, the mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox too Doing this since the Rich Keith Project Now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content KWFE on WEEI It's the Rich Keith Show So here's your guy Hello, welcome into the Rich Keefe Show on a Friday night. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, no heart, no Fitzy on a Friday. Just me. Just me and Stiz. So feel free to uh, call in 617-779-7937. You can hit us up on the uh, Twitch chat. Just follow uh, WEEI. Uh, and you can watch all the shows on Twitch. You can text us, 37937. We're on Twitter, Instagram, at Rich Keefe Show. So a million different ways to get at us here on a uh, on a Friday night. As I really think at some point we're going to hit on all four of the major teams here uh, and what is going on with them this week. It's, yes, it's going to be dominated probably by the football. I don't know if you've heard. There's been a few football things going on. Uh, Bill Belichick out uh, Gerard Mayo in Bill O'Brien out. We got that late in the show last night. Some other coaching moves around the NFL. You got the divisional round coming up this weekend as well. So we can go through those games, bet those games and all that. But also uh, the Boston Celtics got a big game tonight. I would say a potential NBA finals preview Celtics and nugs uh, hockey. David Posternock hat trick last night. Bruins somehow, some way have the most points in the NHL, once again. Now, they're not running away with it like an historic pace like they were a year ago, but still, even with all the departures from a year ago, they have the best record in hockey. And then, can you believe it? Today is the day. Winter weekend is upon us. Winter weekend, it was last year at this time, in fact, that uh, we were getting reports that John Henry was there and was getting just booed right out of the building. They were giving him the business. Heimblum, John Henry were up there, a little question and answer, and it did not go well did not go well. We were talking about it live when it happened last year. So tonight and tomorrow, I'm sure a lot of Red Sox fans are uh, fired up about this team. So all of those things are on the table for you. Stuff from the week as well as it is a Friday. But let's start with how last night's show ended. And that is Bill O'Brien done. He is one and done in his second trip back as offensive coordinator of the Patriots. And it's the right move. This is absolutely the right move. Whether you're pro or con Gerard Mayo being the head coach or pro or con Bill Belichick moving on, this was a dead last offense. And I understand that the personnel wasn't great, but if the offense was better under Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, then really what are we, you can't possibly run it back. And if they're not going outside of the organization for head coach, they can't just be all in-house. There was a four-win team. 
Like you're you're really at risk of making this whole thing turn into an absolute mess. So there needed to be turnover. We've named a bunch of guys that possibly could fill in and be, and be the offensive coordinator, but they needed to do that. Decent chance they take a quarterback in round one. I don't know if it's a sure thing, even though I know Gerard Mayo told Steve Burton what he told him, but I, I don't know if it's a sure thing, but they should walk away from this draft with a quarterback. If it's Jaden Daniels at three, or if it's, you know, my guy Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy or Penix somewhere, you know, later in the, for like late first, early second, you need to pair him with a, a new age offensive coordinator, in my humble opinion. And there's a whole bunch of guys out there that are, that could sort of fit that bill. Guys that have coached with uh, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel. We say it all the time, but every time somebody leaves that tree, they seem to do pretty well. Right, like whether it's Matt Lafleur and what his offense looks like with Jordan Love, or Bobby Slowick and what his offense looks like with C.J. Stroud and the Texans, Mike McDaniel with Tua and the Dolphins, like all these guys, and some of them have stud quarterbacks, some of them don't, and yet you see where that offense is going. They just it never really got out of its own way last year. This offense did not look right. I know the offensive line was bad, but Mac Jones was bad, and then he got even worse. The receivers were underwhelming is a nice way of putting it on a, on a Friday. Uh, sucked is another way of, of describing the skill position group for this team. So, yes, they needed, they needed a lot to change. But I don't think Gerard Mayo head coach, Bill O'Brien offensive coordinator, and let's say Steve Belichick defensive coordinator was really going to solve a lot of things. It was going to turn things around. Now, it would have pointed all the blame at Bill, and maybe that's what Robert would have wanted to do. But this is... To me, at least a start, uh, a, a positive start. Before they came to the conclusion on Mayo and we were kicking around whether it would be Mike Vrabel or whether it was going to be Jim Harbaugh or somebody else taking over as uh, head coach uh, in, in place of Bill, I was like, well, as long as they get the OC right, as long as they get the general manager right, which they don't have either one of those guys right now, but it's not just trotting back Bill O'Brien. It also sounds like there's a g- great chance that Josh McDaniels We'll join Belichick in Atlanta. I know the Atlanta thing's not official, but it seems like pretty close to a done deal. So at least it's not going to be a retread offensive coordinator. And you can make the case that, hey, there are a couple of candidates that were here before, but they weren't offensive coordinators. Like Nick Cayley was here before, tight ends coach, and then got leapfrogged by Patricia and O'Brien and never really got a fair shake at it. And then he left, but he's coaching tight ends with McVay and the Rams. So if he came back... That might sort of be the best of both worlds. That might be Robert Kraft talking about you know, he loves the guys that are in the trust tree and the nest and all that, and you know you, you you work them up and it's a private business and all that. But also he was able to at least go somewhere else, learn a different offense, be around one of like the real offensive gurus in the league and come back and bring that. I'd be fine with that. Another guy, Shane Waldron, very similar. He was here a long time ago and was out in Seattle. And look what he got out of Geno Smith. Everybody thought Geno Smith was a bust and a bum and all that. They move on from Russell Wilson. They bring in Geno Smith. They make the playoffs. And so either one of those guys, Shane Waldron, Nick Cayley, that might be sort of uh, Kraft agrees with that. But I think a lot of uh, us fans would see that as, all right, at least the offense is going to change. At least you got something different here. So I will will absolutely take that. And so Bill O'Brien goes to Ohio State, like, okay. But what you're also going to have is four offensive coordinators in four years. That's, I would assume, ties a record, ties an NFL record for the most coordinator. Well, technically, if you if you want to say Patricia and Judge split it uh, last year, that would, I guess, technically be five 
offensive coordinators in four years. Yes, so you have uh, McDaniel's. You have Patricia slash Judge, Bill O'Brien, and then we shall see. Maybe it's Cliff Kingsbury, another name out there. He's been getting some interviews. Uh, he was here for like a minute as a, uh, a backup, and then uh, obviously as a head coach, he's a coordinator. This year he was, we looked it up last night, he was like senior football advisor for Southern Cal. So he's kind of bounced around a little bit. But if he's just doing offense, I'm in favor of that. I am in favor of uh, Cliff Kingsbury as an offensive coordinator. That's good with me. You're going to chuck the ball around. I'm good with that. He's worked pretty well with some young quarterbacks. And he has, if he has nothing to do with the defense, he has nothing to do with like the whole entire operation. Because I know he was like a 500 coach at uh, Texas Tech, and that's including his time with Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't really look great. You know, he was up and down in Arizona. They had that one season, you know, they were, they were decent, got into the playoffs, but overall not great with Arizona. But if he's just a coordinator, I'll take that too. So there's plenty of candidates out there. There's, they're not going to be alone in looking for an offensive coordinator, right? The Bears are in on it. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're going outside the organization. They're looking for an offensive coordinator. So there's a bunch of different teams that are going to be competing. But at least it feels like they're gonna, there's going to have to be a search, right? Unlike the head coach job, there's going to be a search. Uh, the other news of the day, for the Patriots anyway, is that Demarcus Covington, the team's defensive line coach, is going to be interviewed for defensive coordinator. Because I still think it's 50-50 on whether or not Steve and Brian Belichick stay or go. I think if they stay, it's better for them. And I don't know what their long-term goals are, but if it's to be a head coach in the league someday, and maybe it's not, right? Like some guys maybe just want to be coordinators and stay as coordinators. You see a lot of guys that try to be head coaches. They're not, and they go right back to it. So maybe they're fine with that. I don't know. But I think breaking away and having success away from Bill would, would be ideal. And for them, this would be a, a pretty unique situation where they could stay with the team that they're familiar with, stay with even the head coach, the new guy who they're familiar with, the area, their house, the whole thing, and still be away from Bill. Or they just pack their stuff and go to Atlanta for two or three years, and, and then who knows. But there was uh, – not only would Josh McDaniels likely go with Bill Belichick to Atlanta, but it seems like Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Like, obviously. Obviously, all those guys would go. And who knows what all their roles would be and, and everything else because I don't – I think Matt Patricia, as as we saw with Bill firsthand, he would allow Matt Patricia to do just about anything, whether he's Ernie Adams or he's an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, whatever. And I don't think Philly's going to be all that sad to see him go either. What a weird report uh, – I think it was yesterday, too, in Philadelphia, where I thought there's a chance that head coaching job might open up and Bill Belichick could be a candidate for Philly. Not the case. And Nick Sirianni and their GM were contacting head coaches and coordinators around the league to try to beef up their coordinators. Because basically they had two really good coordinators two years ago, made the Super Bowl. Both those guys left for head coaching jobs. And then after a 10-1 and start, I mean, they did start a house of fire after losing the Super Bowl, but then they just sank like a stone at the end of the year and got bounced, got actually blown out by the Tampa Bay Bucks. So they're trying to reassess everything else. But the other thing, it feels like all these teams that stuck with their head coaches are going to do just that. Otherwise, what are you waiting for? I kept thinking Robert Sala or Matt Eberflus might get cut loose. Doesn't seem like that's the case. So there was eight teams that fired their coach. The Patriots hired their new guy the next day. So then there were seven vacancies. None of them are great. You know, the Chargers has have the best quarterback, but none of them are great. 
And uh, it looks like the Falcons are going to land Bill Belichick. But now I think as a Patriots fan, the next thing is, all right, who's the offensive coordinator? Who are they going to get to be the offensive coordinator? And then from there, I would still love a GM, but let's not get greedy. Who's the offensive coordinator? And then, what, three months from now, three months and a week from now is the draft. So at that point, you're going to be walking away, I think, with a, a brand-new quarterback, brand-new offensive coordinator, GM, and then you go from there. And, yes, they're going to have to add some skill position guys. Yes, they're going to have to add some linemen and all that. But let's let's get the, the priorities straightened out first. All right, you guys can jump in here on any of it. Again, uh, the busy week that was for the New England Patriots, Celtics and Nuggets tonight, Bruins somehow, some way of the best record, and it's winter weekend. What are you most excited about for the Red Sox in 2024? 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show on a Friday night on WEEI. But right now here is Stiz with What's Trending. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. All right, let's get you caught up with some quick headlines. The Bruins beat the Avalanche last night at the TD Garden 5-2. to two. Bruins now won three in a row. David Pasternak had a hat trick. That's his first of the season and his 16th of his career. Boston goals also came from DeBrusque and Jacob Lauco, who scored his first goal of the season. Bruins have the night off tonight. They're back on the ice tomorrow night when they'll host the Canadians at the TD Garden. Puck drop from Causeway Street at 7 p.m. Celtics will try and make it a perfect 21-0 at home tonight when they'll host Two-time MVP Jokic and the reigning champion Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets and Celtics currently the betting favorites to win the NBA Finals. Tip-off tonight from the Garden at 7.30. Patriots offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien will be departing New England as it was reported last night that O'Brien would be joining Ryan Day's Ohio State staff as their offensive coordinator. Uh, NFL divisional round playoffs continue this weekend with four games on the slate. The Texans at the Ravens, the Packers at the 49ers, Tampa Bay at Detroit, and Kansas City at Buffalo. Don't forget, you can catch all those games right here on WEI. And Red Sox winter weekend kicks off tonight. WEI will be broadcasting live from Springfield. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. tomorrow, co-sponsored by McFarland Energy, E.L. Harvey, and Aviva Trattoria. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keith Show coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say WEI's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keith Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keith Show, WEI. Hopefully you're having a nice Friday evening couple of uh, updates to uh, everything we've been talking about. First, let's go to uh, Jonathan Jones, who covers the NFL. Not Jonathan Jones, slot corner for the Patriots. Jonathan Jones covers the NFL for CBS. Uh, he had a tweet just a moment ago. Source, former Titans head coach Mike Vrabel is being scheduled for an interview next week with the Atlanta Falcons. Wait a minute. Huh? What? Well, this was a done I thought deal. that job was already filled. I thought Bill had the job and he was filling out his coaching staff. Turns out Mike Vrabel getting an old interview next week. Interesting. Imagine if Vrabel stole the only job that's there for Bill. It seems like it's the only job it there for Bill. It does seem like it's the only job out there. That is wild stuff. So we get more into this as the show goes on, but as of right now, it looks like Antonio Pierce is going to go to the Raiders, meaning 
Titans, Chargers, Commanders, Falcons, Panthers, Seahawks. That means there's six jobs out there. Bill has only had one, at least public connection, to the one, that being the Atlanta Falcons. And they've interviewed a bunch of people. They interviewed uh, Jim Harbaugh, who was probably, I think, going to go to the Chargers, but we'll see. But now they're adding Mike Vrabel to the list? Huh? So that's certainly interesting. And also, we mentioned Red Sox winter weekend is uh, on and popping right now. And uh, looking for uh, Alex Spear on Twitter, he had a couple of quotes. These these will make everybody feel great, I'm sure. Just like everything the Red Sox have said in the last several months. I love Craig Breslow. This is a good one. This is So I got a quote from Sam Kennedy and from Tom Werner. So Tom Werner says there's no thought to selling the team. So that's good. Everybody's pumped about that, probably, that John Henry's going to keep the team. Uh, and then, let's see. Sam Kennedy says payroll will, quote, probably be lower next year than last while building young core of players. So that's good. Yay, yay, yay. Yeah. That's uh, not great. Not great. Uh, then Werner, all, uh, I'm sorry, then uh, Sam Kennedy, I guess, was asked, how much did the Red Sox offer Yamamoto? His quote was, not enough. Yeah, so anyway, not enough. All right, back. Let's go to the phones right now. We have uh, 617-779-7937 is the number to jump aboard. Harry's in the car, wants to talk socks. Harry, what do you got? Hey, what's up, Keith? Uh, nope. Loving the Dork podcast. Yes. Um, but uh, for me, it's hard to see that Craig Breslow is the issue here. I honestly think it's ownership and them trying to balance multiple teams in multiple places because you have spending going on in Liverpool um, with Mo Salah, or, yeah, Mo Salah, Allison, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Like, they're spending over there. And it just feels like that same mentality is lacking it for the Red Sox, and it's infuriating. Yeah, I know. I mean, right now, it's I just don't like the way Breslow sort of presents everything. And like, you're right. I think it is above him. He's probably been told, here's how much you can spend. And Breslow is doing a lot of the same things that Heim Bloom did. And everybody by the end of it, or maybe even before the end of it, we're, we're losing their mind with, with Heim Bloom. And so what has he done so far? What has Breslow done? He traded away Chris Sale. Fine. Got really nothing in return. But what were you going to expect? Trade away Alex Verdugo. Okay, fine. And you thought maybe both of those moves were freeing up money, right? Because you traded Verdugo, and this was the last year of his deal, so you're going to have to make a decision at the end of next year anyway. Not a guy I really want to spend a lot of money on, so I'm fine trading Verdugo. You end up getting some prospects and, like, a reliever. Okay, so you're you're saving money. You're the Boston Red Sox, but you're saving money. You're getting rid of one of your starting outfielders from a year ago. You're also getting rid of the super injury-prone Chris Sale. You're paying a good chunk of his contract, but you're still saving money, right? You're not paying all the contracts, so you're saving, I guess, there. But that's all you're doing. You're not doing anything else. You bring in Lucas Giolito, who it's basically a one-year deal for Giolito, and then he can walk if he has a good year. He's, I mean, he probably won't have a good year because he's not that good, but regardless. So the offseason's been bad. It's been rough. And then... The way Craig Breslow talks about it, I just can't really stand, so I don't really like that. But you're also getting a pretty clear, uh, I guess, reason for why nobody wanted the job. Like, all these different reports prior to them hiring Craig Breslow were people around the league were just straight up turning down 
interviews with the Red Sox. Like, you would think running the Red Sox would be a pretty sweet gig. It's like, well, not if you can't spend anything. Not if your manager is going to be the one telling you what to do. And then your your owner is saying, we don't have that kind of money. So suddenly that job's not so great. And you're the scapegoat. And then you're the guy that if it doesn't work in a few years, you're gone. You're right. So that is certainly uh, not ideal. Uh, let's go to Josh in Framingham. He joins us next. What do you got, Josh? Hey, how are you? Doing great. So my breakdown on Kresla's uh, uh, ultimate spending is, of course, they're not going to spend as much as last year. They signed Rappi Devers for $330 million. They're not going to sign anybody until and spend any money until they figure out what these young kids in the min- minor league system is doing. Yeah, no, but I think the line, Josh, real quick, the line wasn't they're not going to they're not going to spend more. It's just the overall payroll will be lower. So like the team's payroll going into the year. So like Devers, yeah, you're right. Devers is a big contract, but when you're just looking at how much everybody on the team makes, like you still have Devers on, you still have Devers and his big contract on the on the team, and yet the overall payroll is going to be lower. Is what they're saying. Right, and the overall payroll, they're not going to add to until they find out over the next year or two what these young kids are going to turn into and where they need to fill the holes. It's a mistake, isn't it? I mean, they have a lot of holes. They don't have a starting rotation really worth a damn. You know, I figure out what they're going to do at second base. Uh, it's just been a mess. It's it's the, the, They don't also, the real problem with them, and I know this isn't always the way to build your teams, you but they don't have anybody that people are excited about. They don't have anybody. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got a ticket to the game and I'm going to go watch player X. The Red Sox for years had those guys. For years, there was always one, two, three, sometimes more guys that you were pumped. Now, if it was a pitcher, all right, like Pedro, very special when Pedro's pitching. But you said Manny and Ortiz in the lineup for so long. Or like Mookie Betts was in the lineup. You go see Mookie Betts play. Now, I guess it's Devers. Maybe it'll turn. I mean, and Devers is like the best that they have to offer right now. Then maybe Tristan Casas, but it's not ideal. And they missed out on Yamamoto. There was no real true backup plan either. Like, I think they were ready to pay or ready to offer Yamamoto a pretty significant contract. But then once that didn't happen, they were left scrambling. They weren't in on Otani at all. They weren't in on a Juan Soto trade at all. Like, there's no reports of any of that stuff. So it's kind of... uh Kind of nonsense, and it's been a really frustrating offseason. I don't see it getting any better. All right, let's go to Louie in Arlington. He joins us next year on the program. Hey. What do you got, Louie? Hey, uh, I'm talking about Gerard Mayo. Yeah. Everybody says he rubbed the coaching staff the wrong way. I don't think he wanted Bill O'Brien. I think he wants his own type of people around him. He wants people to challenge him. That's who. That's why Belichick was so great. They, the players challenged him and the coaches. What do you think? You know, I, I, I kind of agree with you, Louie, and I don't know the exact relationship between Mayo and O'Brien, but maybe O'Brien was looking at it like, why is this the next guy in? I don't know. I don't know what what that is. But I also, I don't think that report was as damning as maybe other people thought. So you have a guy in the, the team stinks. So, like, if everybody's getting along, like, who cares? Like, why, why are you getting along? Like, there should be people pushing back. There should be people kind of upset with the way things are going. Maybe not the best day-to-day environment when you're 4-13. and 13. And it's like, ah, Gerard Mayo's rubbing us the wrong way. It's like, well, are you, like, do we know for a fact that you are doing your job to the best of your ability? Or, like, there's a lot that kind of wasn't in that story. So it's kind of vague to say one guy's doing that. And I think they need to 
you know, clean house as much as they can. Move on from a bunch of coaches. And if you, especially if you're keeping Mayo, like, all right, you already have a guy that was there, was already a part of this team that was, what, the second, third worst team in the NFL. So you need a big kind of turnaround. So it's funny. I know Tommy Curran spoke about uh, maybe what led to O'Brien's exit. Kind of alludes a little bit to what Louie was, was saying with Mayo. And uh, let, let's hear that. If there was anyone who could possibly be rubbed the wrong way, it would likely be an offensive coach because I don't know if folks on the defense, perhaps even behind the scenes, did an awesome job masking their irritation as the season went along with the ineptitude of the offense. And if I'm Bill O'Brien and I'm catching wind of that, maybe I at some point say, what the hell? Now, I don't think that's the case, and I'm not saying Bill O'Brien was the one who said the mayor was rubbing people the wrong way, but I think there's a lot of unsettledness in the Patriots right now that is causing individuals to say, do I want to be part of this going forward? Yeah, I mean, it is in a uh, murky territory right now. Like, where is this team going to go? What is the product on the field going to look like? And, like, how quick can they pull themselves out of the basement? And so, you know, just like some were saying, like, well, for the Red Sox sake, like, I don't know how much you can blame Breslow if – he can't spend any money. Like, all right, that's a tough job to pull off, and it's it's hard to grab, uh, you know, ace starting pitchers and like big bats when you can't spend any money. The same thing might be said next year with Gerard Mayo. Different role, obviously, but if Gerard Mayo's team stinks and they didn't hit on the draft picks or some of the guys they were expecting to have good seasons didn't, then it's like, well, is that is that Mayo's fault or is it is it not Mayo's fault? It's gonna be it's gonna be one that we're obviously gonna be discussing all year long. Uh, let's go to Joe in the car. He joins us next here on WEEI. What's up, Joe? What's up, Rich? Happy right. Friday, buddy. Yes, you too. Hey, Rich, can you imagine Bill Belichick not having a job? I mean, this is so-called the greatest of all time. He's got – I mean, we would have known if he had interviewed with other teams. I mean, only the Atlanta Falcons, which supposedly has – he's interviewed twice, but – can you? I can't even. I can't even picture this. That Belichick having no more other offense. There's like six or seven more jobs out there, and no one's knocking on his door. It kind of reminds me of of Brady when he so-called only a couple teams reached out to Brady, right. which we all know that was a big mistake except for Tampa Bay. But that Belichick. I mean, you got to think about it too, Rich. The guy is 72 years old. Do I want a guy that's 72 years old like running a team that? You know they need to rebuild. I mean, come on. Atlanta Falcons, they're not going to win anytime soon. I, no, I don't care what anybody no, says. No, they're not. No, and I'm, I'm with you, Joe, and it's a, it's a good point because, you got Bill Belichick, like all these teams would be lining up to take him, right? Like, no. I think there's a like, – one of the reasons why the Patriots were ready to move on from him, in my mind, not uh, great at drafting players recently, not great at trading for players recently, not great in free agency recently – and you could also quibble with some of his in-game coaching. I think the the player personnel thing was much worse. But even in-game, is he the same guy? And look at some of his coaching decisions that he made as far as filling out his coaching staff. Like That jumped out. Look what he did with the quarterback. And I think all these teams have to look at, all these teams that have a, a vacancy probably need a rookie quarterback, right? If you're looking at the Panthers, I mean, they'll have a second-year guy. It'll be Bryce Young. The Falcons... Maybe it'll be Desmond Ritter, but he's young, or they're going to be looking somewhere else. The Titans, Will Levis in year two. The Commanders are probably going to draft one number two overall. So you have the Seahawks and the Chargers as two teams that are out there that 
are probably bringing their guys back. Justin Herbert, the best of the bunch, and then Geno Smith. So I don't know, like how many years do you think Bill is going to be coaching? Yeah, that's the other thing, his age, right? Because if you're, if you're a team that brings in Bill, you're not doing it as a long-term solution. No. You're a team that maybe thinks you need one little push to get past the finish line. You bring in Bill for a couple years, maybe you reach it. And that's why I think Bill was kind of screwed by the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the New York Jets all sticking by their guys because those are three teams that could make a case that, all right, future be damned, we're going to go all in for these two years. That includes the old coach, and that's going to push us over the top. These other teams are so far away from it. By the time Bill, even if you think Bill still can build something up, he's going to be gone probably by the time you have anything. So I don't know why a lot of teams, like the really bad, bad teams, it's the same thing like, if Tom Brady, and it is, it's a fair, it's a very fair comparison. Brady, I thought more teams are going to be interested. I thought more teams should be interested, but they were all saying the same thing. Like, how many years? How many years? Like, we're going to blow this up for him for how many years? And the Bucks were the perfect spot. A couple of other teams probably should have been more aggressive than they were, but bottom line is it was just the Bucks. If it was the same thing and Tom Brady was available this year, let's say it was three years ago, right? He's not whatever the age is now. Let's say it was, you know, right after the 2019 season, but these were the same teams that were involved. The Chargers aren't going to blow out Justin Herbert for him. Then the Titans, Commanders, Falcons, and Panthers suck so bad that it wouldn't make any sense. And then the Seahawks, I guess, you know, kind of more in the middle of the pack, but maybe Tom Brady gets you a couple more wins, but you're not going to win a Super Bowl. So I think you need to be a Super Bowl contender to bring in Bill Belichick. If not, this is why I think all the all the – arrows were pointed to Atlanta is Arthur blank. It's the owner. And now he's getting frustrated. His team lost the super bowl famously to bill Belichick. They made the playoffs the next year and then they haven't made it since. So it's been this long drought. The last coach he hired, Arthur Smith went seven and 10 for three straight years. They're in a very winnable division. So Arthur blanks probably saying, Hey, we just need to, we need to hit a home run here with this coach. Even if he's not here forever, we need to do this. But now that they're, interviewing Mike Vrabel next week. Like, what the hell? Like, doesn't that, that changes things a little bit. Yeah, that's strange. And you wonder is like, is Bill stalling? Like what's, because I was reading reports uh, earlier today that it was actually Bill who wasn't interested in Dallas, which therefore maybe led to them sticking with McCarthy. It is wild. Like if we're just speculating, but if Bill is so dead set on keeping player personnel control, like, like, dude, you drafted Mac Jones in the first round. Like you're not, we don't, you, you but he brought, wanted to trade him. He wanted to get rid of him <laughs> yeah, last year. Right, so the guy you drafted, you coached him for two years, and he wanted to get rid of him. Like, what did we do? You uh, you, you chose Juju Smith-Schuster over Jacoby Myers for the same amount of money. Why are you running the, the – everybody makes fun of Jerry Jones and his kid running the Cowboys. They've had some pretty damn good drafts. Their roster – they do a better job picking players than they do coaches. Their coaches are like real head-scratching coaching decisions, but their players are pretty damn good. So if Bill came in there, he's like, I'll take over the draft. They're like, why? Like, we've been drafting better than you for years. I think Atlanta probably would turn it over to him. But then you get, like, to what end? I feel like you have, you got, like, this big splash headline, Atlanta Falcons hire Bill Belichick, and then what? You go 8-9, and 9-8 nine, nine and eight for a couple of years. He gets the wins record and then sails off into the sweet good night, and your team's really no different. That's the other thing, too. I'm not even sure he gets it in two years. Yeah, so he needs 15. I think you're being generous to just say that. Oh, yeah, no, in two years he'll get it. 
So I think seven and eight wins. If he goes seven win season, eight win season, you're right. If he bottoms out, has another four win season, then you're like, all right, now you're chasing it. You or even six and six. Yeah, it could, yeah, you go six and eleven, seven six and, seven, and eleven, yeah. seven. Yeah, seven. If they just if he goes to Atlanta and has the exact same record <laughs> they have for the last three years, first of all, that'd be insane. But you'd have yeah, seven and uh, four. Imagine that if he got finished the f- two seasons of fourteen, 14. wins and he's like tied with Don Shula. He's like, I got to do this for another whole year. Just to get a stupid win. There's good strip clubs in Atlanta. That's true. It's a pop in. It's a pop in state. That's or true. City. City. Right. No, that's true. And so maybe. Uh, and then what we were talking about last night a little bit on the show too was that Bill Belichick could very well break the wins record in Gillette Stadium coaching the Falcons in 2025. The NFL is like some silly soap opera stories that usually kind of pan out that way. Turns out for me, sports is pretty entertaining. Isn't it sports nuts? It's pretty entertaining. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phones. we got Mike and Ludlow. What's going on, Mike? What's going on, Scoops? Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, no problem. Just wanted to touch base about the Red Sox uh, and a little sidebar after that, but I think they honestly signed Breslow because they were probably going to need him in a couple fourth inning pitches. And <laughs> yeah, seriously. Call to him, call mm-hmm. to Andrew Bailey, and just kind of save the money a little bit. That's true. Uh, but sidebar, I mean, you're obviously Scoops for a reason. Any word on Bergeron? You know, it's funny you asked that, Mike. I did actually uh, reach out because like, all of a sudden there are these rumors that Bergeron might come back. And I am a hockey insider, Stiz. I don't know if you know this. It might have been no, pre you yeah, the show. Maybe right. it's right around I there. Know. Yeah. So obviously I'm pretty tied in there in the hockey world. Uh, from what I'm hearing, you know, that's a real thing that I just said. I don't think he's coming back. I don't. I don't think he's coming back. I haven't gotten any wind that he is coming back. You'd be the first to know. I would. I will lead the show. If I get any kind of update from uh, my reliable uh, source or sources, you don't know. Could be a million people that I talk to, but I'll lead the show with it if I know. But as of right now, I don't think Bergeron's coming back. Kind of okay. a bummer. Kind All of a bummer. Right. Kind of a bummer. All right, we'll continue rolling with your uh, phone calls throughout the night. And again, a real potpourri tonight. You have all th- all kinds of things to choose from. Uh, the Patriots coaching uh, situation. Gerard Mayo in his press conference from this week. Him and Thunder up there on stage. Bill O'Brien out. We got that news last night. Celtics, Red Sox, Winter Weekend, and Bruins all on the table for you guys at 617-779-7937. We'll also make some uh, bets with the bet du jour coming up next here on WEEI. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash WEEI And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video-on-demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI. No heart or fitzy on a Friday, so it's just me and Stiz. You can jump in at 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, at Rich Keefe Show. And uh, before we go back to the phone calls here, let's uh, rip a quick bet du jour. Actually, you know, before we even do the bet du jour, uh, Stiz, myself, Fitzy, and Hart are betting all the playoff games against the spread. See how we do. Wild card weekend. Fitzy went 4-2. Me and Hart went 3-3. Three and three. Stiz went one and five, which is all right. Sorry, you hit, but but you hit the last game, so I feel like you are on like a little like a mini up, heater. Okay, yeah. So four games in the divisional round. We have uh, Texans, Ravens, Packers, Niners tomorrow, and then on Sunday, Bucks, Lions, Chiefs, Bills. Uh, so I have everybody's bets here. I'll tweet this out so it'll be a lot easier. But the there's only one game 
that all four of us have the same bet. Now, last week, there was two games that all four of us had the same, and those two lost. <laughs> those are Fitzy's only two losses were the ones that we all were in lockstep on. So this week, the only game that everybody agrees on is Baltimore laying nine and a half at home against the Texans. A lot of points. Oh, a lot of points there. All right, so I'll tweet that out in a little bit. But, uh, Stiz, what is your bet to your on a Friday? It can be anything. It can be something from know, uh, a game I, that tips it, off in 10 minutes. Yes. Or it can be something Sunday night. So whatever, so it whatever is, you got. It is going to be something that tips off in about 30, 40 minutes. Celtics okay. at home tonight putting their uh, their their home streak on the line. That's right. And I'm, I'm going to take something and just get it out of the way. First field goal, Tatum. My guy Tatum, plus 500. He's going to make the first field goal of tonight's game. First field goal or first Celtics field goal? Nope, be, first field first goal. First field goal. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that is that's pretty good. All right, I like that one. Uh, I'm gonna just I'm gonna go with I, I'm gonna go with one of the games uh, in the divisional round, and I'm gonna go with believe it or not, the Kansas City Chiefs getting two and a half against the Bills. I just don't. I think there's there's something off with both teams. I know the Bills have been on much more of a heater, but they still don't look right right to me, and I think. They're still limited on offense. Josh Allen's been turning it over more. So I'm going to take the the cheat. I don't know if the the, the Bills are going to be able to get over that hump of beating the, the Bills in – I'm sorry, beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. I think you're going to win that one. All right, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you, me, and Fitzy all want with Kansas City. Hart's the only one in yeah, on, yeah, on Buffalo. Yeah. All right, very good. Back to the horn we go. We got Mike in Rhode Island. What's going on, Mike? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, listen, I just want to weigh in on – weigh on – Weigh in on this Belichick thing. Uh, you know, honestly, I think he's a great coach. I don't think he's burnt out. I think there was just a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of clashing in the front office with him, not, him not allowing him to coach. I think he didn't want to go with uh, Mac Jones this year. I think he wanted to give Zappy a shot, and uh, everybody was kind of against him, and, you know, Mac Jones kind of did it to himself. Well, you know, when – Zappy started playing, the Patriots started looking a little better. You know, um, you know the kid needs more reps. I don't think they need a quarterback. They just need, you know, I think uh, they got a great coach now, another good coach coming in. I think uh, McDaniels is in play, coming back. And uh, I think the Patriots can do something if they, uh, you know, just get their crap together. Yep, they're going to need to do that. No, it's optimistic. And, again, it's the NFL, so teams can go from, you know, worse to making the playoffs, like, all the time, right? Like, that does, that does happen. I just feel like they're so far away. I'm not as optimistic as uh, as you are. they got to find the quarterback. That's a tough thing to do. You know, that's one of the, like, one of the many great things of having the Brady-Belichick run together was for 20 years – you weren't like most teams where you were either looking for a coach or you were mad at your coach, you're looking to get rid of your coach, or wondering if the next coach is going to be good, and the same thing with the quarterback. Most teams around the league are like, this is the year we're going to draft one. Oh, this guy stinks. Let's draft another one. Oh, stinks. Let's draft another one. Well, let's trade for one. Let's give one a lot of money. Like for 20, If you just know who your quarterback is, that is such an advantage over, what, 90% of the teams probably across the league? So... I think they got their work cut out for them. I don't want Josh McDaniels back. I don't. I really, I really don't. I want. I want to turn the page. I want a different offense, right? Because 
if you believe all the reports, and actually you can just you watch the games, right? So Josh McDaniels in 21 ran sort of whatever, like kind of like the Josh McDaniels, Charlie Weiss offense. Then the next year, they tried to change it. They tried to go a little bit more Shanahan-ish, but they had Matt Patricia and Joe Judge try to install it. They didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to install it. One of the reasons why a guy like Kendrick Bourne butted heads with Patricia so much was because Kendrick Bourne played for Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. It was like, this isn't it. This ain't, this ain't it. So then he was in the doghouse. So then they bring Bill O'Brien in this year to kind of go back to essentially the Josh McDaniels offense, and that wasn't it. So I don't want any of those guys. Also, my fear would be if Josh McDaniels did come back, would Robert Kraft step in and say, hey, Mac Jones, the guy that we drafted first overall or our first round a couple years ago, looked decent enough as a rookie with this guy, so maybe let's do that. And – you know, in that Wickersham article, it talked about how McDaniels and Kraft, that relationship is still really strong. So that makes me a little bit nervous that that could happen. Run it back with Mac. Do not run it back with Mac. I don't know what you would get from Mac Jones, but if somebody uh, is willing to do it, I would do that. I would do that deal. I would say, all right, let's uh, let's move on. All right, 617-779-7937 is the number to get in here. Is Bill Belichick to the Atlanta Falcons a done deal? And if it is, why are they interviewing Mike Vrabel next week, according to reports? So is there a snag there? And then could Bill potentially be left without a job next year? Seems like that's on the table. Also, we've got some more quotes coming in from Winter Weekend, which I'm sure will please many a Red Sox fan out there. This is the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI.